0: We want to encourage everyone not to use the free version of the apps. All of the dating apps have a free version and they have a premium version. The free versions are not checked for security. Anybody can get on there. They can create a persona. You don't know who these people are. Known sexual predators are on these apps. In 2019, Match Group, who owns you know most of the dating app, admitted to ProPublica they knew that the free version of Their apps contain registered sex offenders.
1: Joey Farrow is a retired deputy sheriff with 28 years of experience. Laura Frombach was introduced to technology in the U.S. Army working on perishing nuclear missiles. And together, they have written the book, Street Smart Safety for Women Your Guide to Defensive Living. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue talking with leaders. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having us, I'm Joy Farrow. And I'm Laura Frombach. We're thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. And I want to hit the road running with, with this street smart safety, but I also want
2: to find out what brought you to this work. I'm Joy, and I started in law enforcement 28 years ago on the road in Pompano Beach as a street officer. And then I later started working for the Broward Sheriff's Office in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I handled every possible call you can think of including the Fort Lauderdale mass shooter at the airport. And that was uh, at the end of my uh, career. During that time, I talked to uh, Laura just about what can we do at some point for women to keep them safe, because women would ask us, All the time. This just happened. What should I do? What would be a good idea? You know, I don't want this to happen to me again. So over the years, it was very hard for the both of us, because we're working different fields to really get together and write a book. So it took years later for us after we retired, decided to come up with this concept, by women for women. (laughs) I love it. How about you, Laura? My background is in technology. I
0: work for technology companies my entire career, and I also have a background in family violence. I grew up with domestic abuse and violence. What I wanted to bring to the book was not only an understanding of of how the patterns of domestic abuse and violence manifest within a family, but also how women, everyone, but particularly young women, can recognize these patterns of domination and control early while they're dating so that they can break it off much earlier before they get involved. And, you know, children come along and now there's financial obligations So I really wanted to make women aware of this and how they can protect themselves from love bombing and all of the patterns that are associated with it, because these are known patterns by putting it with joy and combining our professional and personal experiences I am hopeful that more women will become aware of this and that they can protect themselves.
1: I love that you bring all of this experience and all of this knowledge to this. What you said is when when women don't even recognize it. In your Street Smart Safety, what do you address in this book?
0: The full title of our book is Street Smart Safety for Women, Your Guide to Defensive Living. And we put it in a context and in a pattern, really, that really relates it to traffic, something you may be familiar with. And so when people are out driving, we have thousands of cars going by us, but we're not afraid. So we relate defensive living to defensive driving. You follow a few simple rules and some strategies that we provide you. And you're confident while you're driving. You're not afraid. In fact, many people put their makeup on, they're eating. they're some. We've even seen people watch videos while they're driving. But all of these objects are coming towards you and you know how to handle them. But you're not afraid. You're not terrified. You're confident that you can handle it. And so that's what we want women to do is we want them to be able to manage their safety and to put our experiences to work for them so that they don't have to experience this themselves. And our book is not only based on our experiences, but it's also based on extensive research in all of the topics of our book. We have 11 chapters and each is like a standalone topic. Each one is backed by experience and research and statistics so that people know that the knowledge that they're getting is solid based on experience. And also based on solid research.
1: It seems like so often when girls go off to college, you know, they've got all that confidence. You don't want to scare them, but also you want them. I love how it's like defensive driving. You want them to be
2: aware. What they have to pay attention to is right now, there's a little bit of time left, but it's called the red zone. 50% of all sexual assaults occur now between the first semester up until Thanksgiving, not to say that it doesn't continue, but this beginning period is where a majority of the sexual assaults occur and they're from inside. So they're not just strangers on the street. So you're talking about people that you're going to college with to be prepared for stranger-friendly interactions, going to parties, prepare yourself for wearing wearable tech so you can connect with your family and contacts when you're out walking or going to classes late at night something happens, at least somebody can follow up with you and all you have to do is hit a button on your phone or your watch now and somebody could be alerted. Just more things to be aware of when you're on campus. Learn where the call boxes are before something happens. In case something happens to your phone or should you not have a phone at all or or you want to help out a friend in an emergency, know where the 24-hour buildings are library, the cafeteria. Right. So you can, you know, go to these immediately. Instead of taking shortcuts, know at night which areas of the campus aren't too lit up. Which are your better areas to stay in a safer route? Be careful of going to parties. You want to have fun. We went, we had fun. Who doesn't? But things happen and you just need to stay on top of what not to get to Overserved. We encourage
0: young people to have fine college is one of the best times of your life. With just a little bit of safety and defensive living, you can keep it one of the best times of your life instead of having it turn into, you know, truly a tragedy.
1: One of the things you brought up too is dating app red flags. Dating app red flags are
0: so prevalent. First, we want to encourage everyone not to use the free version of the apps all of the dating apps have a free version and they have a premium version. The free versions are not checked for security. Anybody can get on there. They can create a persona. You don't know who these people are. And it's not just finding the date of your life that people are on the dating apps, known sexual predators are on these apps as well. In 2019, Match Group, who owns, you know, most of the dating apps like Tinder and all of that, admitted to ProPublica that they knew that the free version of their apps contained registered sex offenders. Now, if they go to the premium version for one thing, you're going to have to swipe a credit card so your identity will be verified and the app will know who you are dating. You will also be matched with people who are also investing in their dating as well. The other thing that we suggest are the usual. Do not swipe on profiles that don't have pictures. Do their pictures match their profile? If They say they like Fishing and hiking, do they have pictures of that? Some of these are very basic, but they're so important because as soon as people see, oh, somebody likes me, especially as women, our guard goes down and we're, oh, yay, where can we meet? On the internet and social media, anybody can be anything. And I'm going to finish with one more final suggestion. The red flag that is the biggest is if somebody tries to get you off of the app and get your personal information because you can communicate through the app, video chat through the app so you can see the person. But as soon as they start asking for your personal number and your personal email, red flag, shut them off, shut them down. There are plenty of people out there for you. Oh, here's what we suggest for people. Be a flirty detective. So again, like in college, you can have fun. We want you to have fun, but be a flirty detective and gather information while you're having fun. You don't have to interrogate the person. You can just throw it in with some friendly banner and you get the information as well.
1: Now, something else that really stood out to me is you said five tips to be persuasion proof. We believe when men say
0: no, that's the end of the discussion, isn't it? I said no, and no means no. When women say no, That's the beginning of the persuasion process. It doesn't matter whether the other person is a woman or a man, they try to get us to be persuaded. Oh, come on, do this, do that. So, we talk about the first step in that is influence. And, you know, we all know influencers, and influence isn't necessarily personal, but somebody wants you to do something. Number two, being persuaded. So, in being persuaded, you know, the other person can see what exactly it is that how you're reacting to them. And then if they don't get what they want, they continue to apply pressure. And now we're into manipulation. And with manipulation, it involves deceit. It involves lying. It involves something trying to convince you to do something that you wouldn't do otherwise. And then finally, coercion. And coercion usually involves you do what I want or else. And you know this is what typically happens in domestic violence situations. So those are are four things that we suggest. And the fifth thing we want you to do to wrap all this up is to be persuasion proof and start small. Somebody tries to upsell you at McDonald's. Hey, do you want a big size with that? And you say no. So
2: just start small and work your way up. See, come up with a boundary for yourself. You do have to build up to it a little bit because women, it takes a while. And especially if you're, well, you're kind, you're a nice person, you're like, well, let me listen to their story and see if I want to buy this or I want to give in or I want to give money to them. But you need to just give yourself a little boundary and say, when I go out of the house today, I'm not giving any money. I'm not giving anything after I finish paying for my groceries. So you come up with little boundaries and then you keep going because some of the predators one of their lines are trying to get you to stop excuse me miss well anytime i mean i've had that a million times in my life no matter where i am and i turn around wondering what could it be they don't want my autograph they want something from me they want me to buy something or they want money from me so this is something you have to keep in mind they're going to stop you you want to keep going but you want to look and see who they are and keep going because they want something from you. And when you stop, you're only giving them time to catch up. Would might not be good for you? So these are things just to keep in mind to be persuasion proof. Say no and keep going.
1: Yeah, this is so good. One of the questions is why is it important for women to balance politeness, which gets us in trouble with self-preservation and safety? Now, the
2: other one is everybody gets this when you're walking and you know you get it in the mall. You know, they're trying to stop you for something. And those are your little boundaries. So try it when you're in the mall. Hey, can I get you to put the hand cream on? Everybody gets stopped for that. Do you want one of these? They want to give you something. That is a gift. They want to bring you in the store. So those are little ones that you can try with that. My favorite, when you're in your car, somebody's going to come up, wave, and want to talk to you. Why? They want you to put the window down, which usually isn't a good thing. Do not put the window down. You can speak through the window. If they become insistent, back away. I'm going to pull out. So you don't want to ever get out of the door while they're still there. If you needed to go into a store, back your car out and repark because this is a problem. You know, they've spotted you now. Now they want to talk to you. It's a problem. I mean, obviously you'd have to determine that a little old lady that had a a question, but predators come in all shapes, sizes, and ages. We've already been alerted from one of our other shows. Uh, A woman had heard this about don't open your window. You can speak through the window. Not 10 minutes later, she pulled into a parking spot and somebody accosted her, but she knew what to do and she didn't open the window. So it's the little things. Which brings me to the
1: next one. You have three ways to develop safety intuition. To develop
0: your safety intuition, first of all, pay attention to yourself to tie that into with women being trained to be too polite. We pay attention to what everybody wants, including strangers on the street, before we listen to ourselves. Our five senses, which are our safety intuition, which are as as sharp today as they were 3,000 years ago, are here to keep us out of danger. And as women when we get that feeling in the back of our neck or the pit of our stomach, or just a feeling that something is wrong, we tend to dismiss it because we want to be polite. Women do not want to leave anyone in peril. So our subconscious, that our five senses report back to us, our subconscious can take in 11 million bits of information per second. Our conscious mind can only process 40. So if we're overcoming our natural defenses, we're doing ourselves a disservice. So that's one, listen to your senses. Two, as Joy always says, women do not pay attention to their peripheral vision. If somebody comes up on the side, we're not paying attention because we are so involved in what somebody else might want from us. Stoy also Mm -hmm. says predators often work in pairs. Number three, when your senses, again, are telling you something, act on it. Don't dismiss it. Don't minimize it. Act right away. If somebody comes up, excuse me, miss, if they tap on your car window, no, you act on your intuition, you act on what is good for you, not what is good for somebody else.
2: And this also goes back to college women. If you're out jogging, use your peripheral vision, turn around periodically, And just look and see because everybody gets so in tune to their own music and they're on the phone, even though they're using ear pods. Still, you need to pay attention to your surroundings and look around. And if you see somebody following you, take some type of evasive action. Don't start going to an area where there aren't going to be any homes. There isn't going to be somewhere where you can run to. You're at a party And somebody wants to start peeling you away from everybody else or here, have another drink. These are things that you should, well, wait a second. I don't want to leave my friends. Little warning signs should be going off in your head saying, hey, something's going on here, back out. And that's, we call your safety intuition. In my generation, we
1: certainly weren't taught to trust our intuition, exactly as joy said we're so involved
0: in our own world these days and especially listening to our music we suggest that you listen in transparency mode and also you can hear your music and you can also hear what's going on around you trust your intuition trust yourselves nobody is the better judge of what is better for you than you are and you are not beholden to anyone to turn that control of your life or any decision that you have over to
2: anyone else and this is why this is very important to listen to yourself when you're dating doesn't matter how old you are but when you start to get that uncomfortable feeling and you you tell your friends about the person or you're just trying to hmm, figure it out yourself And we all make excuses. Well, maybe they're shy. Maybe they're this. That's your intuition saying, I'm not comfortable with these answers. You get back in there and ask some more questions. So it's all helpful in every aspect of your daily living. When we talk
1: about surviving domestic violence in your own household, and you've mentioned a few things, including coercive control, what do you want people to know? We want people
0: to know Domestic abuse is more than domestic violence. Domestic violence is a physical act. The police can be called for a violent act. Somebody will be taken to jail. Coercive control and domestic abuse is much more insidious. It's a mental wearing down. It's mental and emotional control of a person, and I am very familiar with that because that's what happened to my mother. A person who is in a domestic violence or a domestic abuse situation becomes so attuned to looking to that other person for what they want because if you don't, the results are going to be very bad, and we talk about how coercive control in a home is very similar to brainwashing that was done to the Korean War POWs during the Korean War. It was a very systematic breaking down of the spirit. And when the POWs came back, the government interviewed them and and really wrestled with that for 10 years. And so research has shown subsequent to this, that the patterns that were used intentionally by the North Koreans are used almost instinctively by domestic abusers, especially, and this is what we want people to know, especially to isolate you from other people, to isolate you from your family, to isolate you from your friends, so that you always look to that other person for what they are looking for from you and for their version of reality. That is just so insidious and it all starts you know, during dating, and that's what we want people to know and to know about during the dating process so they don't become involved in this.
1: Oh, what I loved is persuasion proof. If you get that early on, you might be a little more immune or you might get a red flag or get out sooner. I'm
0: going to use a quick example that everybody can relate to. It doesn't matter age, occupation, whatever. It can happen anytime in any relationship. What I want to quickly relate is a story we have all been in. Let's say you're out with a date and the evening ends and you say, I got to get to work. I got to get to school. It's been fun. Let's do it again. And the person says, oh, one more, just one more. And they wear you down and say, hey, I got to get up in the morning, whatever. And you finally gave in congratulations, you have just shown that you can be controlled. Wow. It's very difficult when you like somebody, but you know, as Joy said, make a boundary and stick to it Mm -hmm. because as soon as you don't, these abusers and and people Mm -hmm. who want to get people in these situations, they know intrinsically
2: what they're looking for and they're looking
0: for somebody to control.
2: If you can spot the bad behaviors, Mm -hmm. quote, bad behavior ahead of time or at any time during your relationship, You should never be treated poorly. And if you feel that I shouldn't be treated that way, you know what? You shouldn't. If you could bring in a family member, if you could, you know, bring in a close friend, go to anyone to get help and see what you can do to get out before it gets bad. And this is why it's very important for friends or family that if you see a change in somebody, you are all very close and now oh, I can't go out and they're making excuses. Family, all of a sudden, family doesn't get together and you don't see this person. Well, that's odd since they got together. And that's a reason not to give up on them. That's a reason to get in there and find out what's going on. Support them. Yes, support them and always believe them when somebody comes to you and tells you. And that includes child abuse.
1: One thing that I noticed is when somebody's in a domestic violence relationship and the family's like, well, I'm going to tell him and then they go and they confront the abuser, they don't recognize that it's making it worse for the woman. So what's yes. a good way a family member can rather than withdraw can support without making their life worse?
2: They can speak to the woman, pull her aside at at some point if they're not able to come over. They're not answering the calls. That's a call for you. Just might have to find another way through the police or through some kind of a secret way. But no, confronting them is is not a good idea because they may, you know, blow up at the person, you know, after you leave, and that will never end well. But you know if you can just continue to support the person, your friend, family member, and just say, listen, there are resources. It is not going to get better. Don't dwell on the, well, they're probably having a 50 million excuses.
0: The other thing that could happen if you confront the abuser, be mindful that the abuser may be listening in on the phone. They may be monitoring the person's communication. So be mindful if your loved one pretends that you're not saying anything that you're saying. Be aware that the person is in the room and may be listening to what they're saying. And then interrogate them. Who is that? What did they want? Of course, with technology these days, they can put apps on your phone so they can read your text or read your email. So you know, when you communicate with somebody that you suspect may be in one of these relationships, be very, very careful and tread lightly. Make sure that you're out to coffee and it's just one-on-one and that their phone is turned off so it might not be recording you surreptitiously.
1: Because we don't think about that. We don't suspect that people would be that way. We have so many things to talk about, but let's cover airports. And there is police in
2: every airport. Police are stationed in every airport there's undercover police there's uniform police you can always go to any airline and have them call the police so you don't have to use your phone you just tell them they have a direct line to the police at the airport let them know also problem at airports for like stolen bags or robbing people is the part before security. Anybody can go to the airport, especially if you're in a tourist city. Anybody can go to the airport, commit a crime, and then leave their car in the garage or get lost in the garage or take the bus out. After security, they've been screened, they haven't had a weapon, but that doesn't mean they can't steal through the checkpoint. So that still happens.
1: Before we go, Joy and Laura, what is it that
2: you really want people to take away? I want women to leave their house with confidence and walk down the street, get in your car, do whatever you have to do with confidence. Know that you can be persuasion proof, listen to your safety intuition and you'll have an ease going through life. You'll feel more comfortable.
0: And what I'll add to that is when you are more confident and you carry yourself more confidently, that in and of itself deters predators, because what do predators look for? They look for the easy prey. They look for the weakest link. They want somebody that they know they can either talk out of something or overpower them. And if they see you being confident, knowing that you can handle any situation, Again, that could be a deterrent in and of itself. That is so good. Okay, where can we get your book? You can get our book on Amazon or wherever books are sold, independent booksellers. It's Street Smart Safety for Women, Your Guide to Defensive Living. And do you have a webpage? streetsmartsafety.org. We have a lot of resources on there as well that people
1: may find helpful. It's all about
0: keeping you safe.
1: I'm Lori Hardy and thank you for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. I know I have. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people who are making a difference.